All three Beards Media podcasts originate from the Gravitate Coworking Studio, sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. again coming to you live from the gravitate co-working studio and as always we are sponsored by revelton distillery guys what's up i haven't seen you for like 21 hours it's been like 21 hours since i saw you guys i know it's been a long time not Mm -hmm. not really long enough for the most part but yeah i know yeah missed you guys (laughs) <laughs> what a liar it's, a, it's it's been a couple weeks hasn't it a couple, yeah a couple weeks yeah yeah i was kind of thinking like we're at that point of the season where i think everybody's grumpy including us um you know coming into the holidays <clears throat> and then we get going again in January and everybody's excited and then we get close to playoff time and everybody's grumpy again. So I, it feels like a uh, the first of two waves of grumpiness a little bit. And I think that is us and them. And uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I agree completely. I mean, I think everybody gets around this time, <clears throat> you know, around the holidays and you're kind of trying to, jockey for position in your conference races and things may not be going well or or they were going well and yeah i think you have some ups and downs here and we agree we kind of feel the same way sometimes you know we just kind of have our good nights and maybe not so good nights and we'll get we'll get refreshed over break and be ready to go again yeah i think people just need to chill out a little bit (laughs) I, I agree with that. You, you you came at it a lot more direct than I did. That was that was good. That was good. Yeah, that's just uh, the way I felt the past couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think we don't want to ruin everybody's Christmas here with gifts of not joy. So. I think there's some unsporting type things that we may discuss the next time out, right? Right, right. Yep, for sure. Um, But looking back at the last episode, Jim's Fool's Rules, he had Block Charge, which is something we could talk about probably for days. Um, And then, of course, our guest, Chuck Britton, uh, from the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union, that was uh, that was a hoot. That was great having Chuck on his stories and <laughs> that picture of him. I still, awesome I still picture. can't believe, I still can't believe that's Chuck. 
<laughs> I uh, I heard from a few refs that said that they liked it from the standpoint of kind of understanding how the state evaluates us or coaches evaluate us. Um, obviously, the stories were amazing, too. And I think we could probably go another three or four hours with Chuck just on stories alone. But, um, you know, officials really, I think, enjoyed that, um, getting to know kind of how some of that stuff works. Um, I guess we're probably pretty fortunate that we get to talk to Chuck uh, like that and, and candidly about things like that. So it, it's good information to know. Mm -hmm. oh, agreed. Yeah, definitely. He gave some good stuff and uh, uh, good stories and, and a great picture. <laughs> so let's recap the last two weeks. I feel, you know, I feel like the last two weeks have kind of flown by, but I think we, it's been jam packed also. So um, got a lot to talk about. Ben, you want to kind of take us through our recap of the last couple of weeks? You bet. So on the 8th, we were at Adel DeSoto Minburn um, ADM against Bondurant Ferrar. That's a conference matchup and uh, it was a good night, good basketball. Um, you know, we had a team that kind of uh, came out with a lot of fouls and then adjusted after halftime um, in that one. So that's good to see, you know, um, them adjusting to how we're calling and officiating the game. I like that. Um, you know, uh, I'll give a shout out to Rod Weber's. His his brother was a longtime official, Raleigh State Tournament official, championship official for seems like a long, long time, and uh, he knows how to take care of you. Um, just from a crowd standpoint and getting us stuff and and uh, everything. So, yeah. Any thoughts on that night? Yeah, I, was, I thought it was a good night. I think we we all thought kind of maybe that first half of that girls game just it was a. Uh kind of sloppy play by both teams and and we just feel we didn't we weren't kind of uh we kind of got sloppy maybe a little bit ourselves and I think we picked it up for the last three halves of basketball and it it, it went it went much better as the night went on yeah yep. yeah it was uh <clears throat> definitely a good night I turned into a baby afterwards just because I thought my performance um as an individual was not up to par but um Apparently, you guys say you didn't see <clears throat> much difference. So, um, I guess I was just being a baby that night. But yeah, I mean, I didn't when you say much, not much difference. I don't know that you're very good any night, but you know, I'm just kidding, Sam. Sam is Sam is a great official, and he did he did talk about that after that game that he didn't think things went well. And I kept looking back at the game, thinking about it, and I just I couldn't find anything, remember anything where I thought. It was a bad game by Sam. So sometimes you just get that in your head and you're, you're thinking that, you know, what maybe wasn't as good or you didn't didn't insert yourself when you needed to, but uh, we didn't see that at all. Yeah. yeah I so, I mean, truth truth be told, sometimes you just have those nights where you just don't feel on your A game. Um, but I think, Ben, maybe you said it, it's, it's never as bad as you think. Yeah. So. I, I think as officials um, – you know, we probably go through that a couple times a year, right? Where you come out of a game and you're just like, oh my gosh, what happened? Um, I stunk tonight. Um, and I think that's a little bit human nature, but uh, generally it's not the case. I mean, I think, you know, film generally doesn't lie. And I, I like Jim said, I just don't even really remember there ever being an issue that night. But um, so 
yeah, just try yep, to find a way over. to done, press on. Done, <laughs> done crying, Jim. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the shout out about me being a poor official. You know, you know, I'm joking because I did come back with Sam is a very good official. I know, Jim. You're the best. <laughs> um, popcorn that night. Um, 6.1 for me. Sam was 6.4 and Jim 6.2. We also got a Chick-fil-A sandwich, which. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which if my uh, granddaughter Taven is out there listening, it's exactly like a McDonald's McChicken. That's the biggest lie I've ever heard in my life, Jim. I know, but I like to tell her that all the time because she loves Chick-fil-A and I just, you know, I give her a hard time and tell her there's no, she can just go to McDonald's and get the same thing, but. David knows what's up. (laughs) There goes our Chick-fil-A sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Our next night was actually, it was a Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon game. And uh, Jim actually wasn't with us. I don't know. I think he had wife had COVID or they were supposed to have. Yeah, we were going to have a Christmas that uh, on Saturday, but uh, Lisa did uh, have COVID. So we had to cancel Christmas and I just stayed home. That's why we had such a great day, huh, Sam? Probably true. Yes, it is. (laughs) Hey, Ship, can you throw up? uh, We'll give a little hint here where we were that day. That picture. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Always got to stop and see Albert. (laughs) So we were in Audubon, if if uh, any of you don't know, um, Albert the Bull resides right kind of where we go into the high school, basically. There's a little park there, and you can see they, they even make it nice and festive with the uh, garland or whatever you want to call that, I guess. So, yeah, good time. So we were at, uh, it's technically an Elkhorn Exira, Elkhorn Kimmelton Exira game. Um, but there, uh, I believe they added Audubon on the girls' side because Audubon had low numbers. So, um, a lot of towns involved in that. So the game actually was in Audubon because of that, because of their sharing agreement or whatever. And that was against IKM Manning. Um, pretty good day. Casey Pelzer, shout out Casey was with us that day. Had a good time. Um, Sam? Yeah, it was uh, up and down the court. It was fast pace, um, yeah. you know, press all the whole the whole court. So a lot of decision making. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. Girls' game was good. Boys' game was good. The coaches were fine. Um, yep. Great. So. Yeah. Popcorn, um, 6.4 for me, 7.5 from Sam, and Casey gave it a 4.5. I guess he was. I gave it a 7.5. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how we can be 7.5 to 4.5. Wow. That's, that's awesome. uh, I was hungry, apparently. I don't remember (laughs) giving a 7.5. Highlight of the day homemade scotcheroos. Ooh. Yes. Nice. Yep. Yes. Good stuff. Um, the 12th. So the next Tuesday, then we were at green County, green County versus Nevada. And again, Jim had to do his real job. So, um, Chris Marsden was with us and he's a, he's a good, 
good up and coming official and had a great night with him. Um, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I'm going to jump right to the popcorn because <laughs> this is my favorite story from last night. Listening to this, <laughs> not your favorite. And, and no, man. no. And, and no offense to, to anybody that's making popcorn or, or whatnot, but a lot of times at the end of the night, we're getting, you know, the last of the popcorn and it, it may not always be the best, but so we get the popcorn and I'll just say this. So I, I gave it a 4.9, Sam a 4.5 and Chris first time on the podcast reading 3.0. And, and I quote per Chris, I like smoking lots of foods, but not my popcorn. <laughs> so the popcorn was definitely a little bit burned. So anyway, that, that was, that was a great, great quote from Chris. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, we did get some pizza too. So that was, that was good. So um, yep. we're just, just having fun with it. There's always a silver lining in everything. Yeah. For sure. Does that you come up gotta, next? Does the silver just, lining come up in the East game? Does it? You, you just, just got to find it. <laughs> so, this was Friday night, right? The 15th. We went yeah. to Des Moines East and had Des Moines Hoover. And I believe that's probably a little bit of a rivalry. I've never seen so many fans as I have there than I did yeah. that night. It was loud and if you've ever been to east high like that gym i would assume has a lot of historical significance and it's huge and i don't think anybody would know that if they hadn't been there but um when sam powell was there back in the day when state championships and stuff like i can just imagine that place being full and being loud as heck i mean it's it's a really nice old big gym Mm -hmm. um jim wasn't with us again casey pelzer joined us um Sam, how would you say the night went? Can I I sum it up just a little bit before he goes? Yeah. Even though I wasn't there, I can sum it up really quick because I got a phone call from Ben. I'm not, it was, I don't know, getting close to 11 o'clock. And he goes, we got off the, maybe a couple words in there. I'm not going to say court at 1027. (laughs) So that is. If your game is going till 1027, Sam, I'll let you say what you got to say now. <laughs> so 615 girls start. And um, what did it have down for a boys start, Ben? 745? Yeah. So I think normally we'd be out of there by 915-ish, right? I mean, yeah. we usually figure three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the girls game took up nearly – that three hours it was two and a half hours um 59 fouls yeah did you guys get new whistles after that those had had to be worn out i checked mine in at halftime wow Um, um so so back to kind of the rivalry aspect of that i think tensions were high because of that, like, like an Iowa, Iowa state game, I would say. Right. And, um, I, sometimes I'll look back on a game and be like, man, I, 
feel like I called too many fouls. And I don't feel like any foul that we had that night could have been given back. Like there I wasn't any there was easy more. ones. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't any easy ones. There were a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of contact. And I would say so. they were, they were, uh, you know, pretty evenly matched. Yep. And that's, yep. you know, the, the stakes are high. I think they were maybe both looking for their first one of the season. Um, yep. And there's no doubt about it. They were playing hard. Um, sometimes it was just a little too hard, a little too rough, but. Yep. So yeah, 59 fouls in about three hours. And uh, wow. I can honestly say that's easily the longest night of my career in this year. 19 has to be. Yeah. So, so, so now to, to piggyback on that a little bit, um, I had called Chuck, or emailed him earlier in the year and say, Hey, I don't have a game this week because I'm officiating Tuesday or excuse me, doing my AD responsibilities Tuesday and Friday, but I'm open Saturday. I kind of like to have a game to at least get a run up and down the floor this week, not take a whole week off. So granted here I am, I'm going to Des Moines East the next day after these guys are telling me this. But one thing is I only had one boys game. It was supposed to start at five o'clock. They actually started early we started at 4 45 and we were in the locker room by 5 55 so quite a difference in what those guys experienced at east to what i did we were in we were out there we go thanks jim i love hearing that <laughs> so clearly it must be that we bring you down jim well i'm i'm, I'm thinking maybe but i'm not saying that no also want to give a, a shout out to the two guys who refereed with me that night it was Travis Carroll and uh, Chad Albert. So, uh, yeah, we just uh, it really was it was an easy game. I can't say more than that. You know, we did have a 35 point running clock in the fourth quarter, so it was easy. But and these guys, so your whistle still brand new. It is. It, it hasn't broke in yet. Probably no spit <laughs> in it yet. <laughs> so and we were when he told me that the place was packed for the game the night before i'm like you got to be kidding me i'll bet between urbandale and des moines east on that saturday almost evening game i bet there weren't more than 50 people in the crowd so they must have got worn out from you guys keeping them there till 10 30 and yeah. one of them was your wife yes yes she came along to watch lisa came along to watch the game and we went out to eat afterwards so so we were in such a hurry to get out of there we i think we got a full pizza didn't get any popcorn and we like didn't even care because it was like it's time to go home i'm exhausted so casey was with us that night too so let's yep. blame it on yeah it's probably it's casey's fault. fault casey's fault yeah that's it that's easy. easy yeah, yeah. it's easy i like that um so so jim that that saturday i ref too with different um with some of our partners tim osterhouse and, and brian abel and i was at johnston for um they have a winter tip-off it's like um there's five games that day it's all girls games and it kind of pits um ranked teams kind of from across the state that don't normally play each other so dcg played um xavier out of cedar rapids valley played sioux city east uh pleasant valley played dowling centennial played davenport davenport north and then um uh, we had uh johnston against um 
Hopkins out of Minnesota. And I think somebody said that Hopkins had had been in the state championship for large schools in Minnesota, like the last seven years or something. So it was a great matchup. And, uh, we just kind of got out of the way. It was, it was neat to watch, um, you know, two of probably two of the better teams in the Midwest on the girls side play and just kind of go after it. And it, it was, it was a lot of fun. So, um, didn't get a popcorn rating there either, but they had a huge hospitality room for all the coaches and officials. And so there was all sorts of stuff, walking tacos to Gatorades, to candy, to cookies, whatever you wanted. So that shout out to Johnson. That was a good time. Nice. nice. Um, last game kind of to recap then is uh, last night, Panorama and Woodward Granger. Hadn't been there for quite a while, but, um, you know, competitive basketball there all the time so um we did get popcorn again and, and pretty even ratings here six and a half for me sam was 6.3 and jim 6.2 so yeah that's kind of the recap i guess yeah long couple so, weeks yeah that that was a lot of games um jim you know what it's time for Yes. It's the time for it, Jim. Fool's rules. They fooled me, Jerry. Okay, this what are you talking gonna... about tonight? <laughs> this is one we're going to talk about. It's going to be fairly quick. It's We're going to talk about over the back, which you hear in a game. Get him off! I don't know how many times you hear from the crowd, she's over the back or he's over the back. Get him off. And I like to shake my head. Yes, she was. Or he was. Because there is no such thing in the rule book as over the back. So What? Yeah, really. What? There's not. I've read it and read it actually a couple times and there's nothing. There's something that says maybe over and back, which is a totally different thing, but not over the back. You're We've cool, got dude. two rebounders going up. And somebody behind grabs a rebound from the person that's in front of them. One of two things happened there. The offensive or the person in front didn't block out and she was able to grab it. Or the other one, he or she is much taller and can out rebound from behind. Wait a second. You're telling me that somebody can be taller or be able to jump higher and get a rebound, even if they're not in position behind? Yes, that's true. That's true. As long as we have no illegal contact. So, yes, what we don't want to do is penalize somebody for being taller and can out-jump somebody else. So we have this all the time that, you know, and, and I know that some people up in row 34 have a great view of what's going on down in the court, but sometimes when they both jump up and one can just jump higher, they can grab the ball from behind and it not be a foul. So if you're yelling over the back, please quit because there's no such thing. <laughs> if you, want to, if you okay. want to yell, she pushed her or he pushed her, then you can go ahead and yell that, but they're over the back is no such thing. So quit yelling it, please. So this is May not how you report to the bench, Jim. 
Well, the funny thing is, I have seen that before, either watching games or refing with some people. You know, come over and give the foul. And yes, and even say over the back. And I have had conversations with officials about, please quit saying that because it is, there is no such thing. So, <clears throat> yeah, we don't. I mean, if we've got a foul from behind on the rebound, we're going to call it a push. Okay. It might even be a hold. They might even be pushing down on a shoulder, a hip, and going up with one arm. And we're going to call that a hold or whatever. But we're not going to call it over the back. There's always that time, too, when two players, you know, like this on a rebound and they grab the ball simultaneously and we have a jump ball. Well, you know how that ends. Somebody, you know, comes down and then drags that person over them. So then everybody in the gym is again yelling that, oh, we have a foul. Well, no, we had a jump ball up top that we called before we got to that point. So, mm-hmm. yes. And, 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 we, and we do have sometimes where a girl – does they kind of they don't really both have simultaneous control, but they're both um, going for the ball here, and a girl will bring it down, and then they, she might come over the top of her, and then we've got a foul. But it's you know you kind of have to see the whole play, and um, we talked about, and this probably goes in into this era area here. Uh, Sam talked about it about patient whistles. Sometimes people coaches even in the crowd players they're looking for something and we're call we're getting ready to call it but we're going to be patient we don't want to anticipate the play we want to make wait make sure we see the whole play and then we blow a whistle because i i will guarantee you there are some people that are watching the games that they're yelling travel and all of a sudden we go up with a hand and we call the travel and i, I think they think they called that they got us to call that play but if you're a good official, you're going to be patient. You're going to wait. You're going to let the play develop and, and make your call. Good point, Jim. <clears throat> like it. Yep. Yep. Love it. Um, ben, you want to hop into those videos? Yeah. So um, last week's fool's rules, we, um, because of me, had some technical difficulties and we didn't get to watch the videos, but we went long anyway. So. Um, we wanted to come back to the block charge stuff that we talked about a little bit. And and the main reason I bring these up, this isn't, um, it's not whether this is good call, bad call, anything like that. But I think really to show how difficult calling a block charge can be when we're doing it live and we're doing it on the floor when there might be players in our way and everybody in the gym is screaming, oh, it's this, it's that. It's a lot harder than that. So we wanted to come back to that briefly while we have some videos. So I got five videos here, and we'll try to watch them maybe twice just to um, kind of maybe see it once, us three kind of talk about it briefly, and then we'll watch it again just to so the audience can kind of view it. So, um, Chip, let's go with video one here. played out right did did you guys see it at the beginning there let's see it again uh, oh, okay got you right there okay yep <clears throat> let's do it one more time oh, i was still watching it from before okay let's wait until it's done here okay so it's kind of hard to see that very beginning part 
<clears throat> thoughts on this though? Well, we we talked about this kind of before, but uh, we probably have to have something on that with a kid that just goes to the floor, whether he whether it was a flop. Uh, whether he was not in legal guarding position or whether he just got ran over. And um, I mean, the other thing is, too, he's just laying on the floor, which here we go. You know, Boom, you, you've right got, yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Perfect. And you've got you've got kids jumping, you know, for rebounds and um, yeah. they're not able to. I mean, they could come down on him, sprain an ankle. I mean, you got to have something to stop. You got to have game. a whistle. No matter yeah. what, we're going to have a whistle. Yeah. If we're just going to stop yeah. play because we think he's hurt or we've got a mm -hmm. foul or, you know, we, we can have, um, you know, a block because if we thought he um, flopped, I guess you could even, if you if he's flopped more than once in the game, you can also give an unsporting-like technical. But, yeah, I think we have to have something. We definitely probably got to stop play. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think the main thing that we come out of there with is we've got to have a, have a call one way or another. And, you know, without seeing the, the game before and being on the floor and seeing that, you know, whether it's block guard is probably a mute point, but got to have a call there. That's our main, main takeaway from that, I think. All right, let's try number two here. I think she leans a little bit. Yeah, it's it's an interesting play because it's slow too, right? You know, usually think block charge, they're coming 100 miles per hour, and we have a huge collision here. But this is kind of different than that. It's a, it's a lot of slow contact. So, do we have enough there to call something? We're gonna play on. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I, I'm all. I think I think almost on the last one, maybe I think he probably have to have something there. Not that not just because you went to the floor. It looked like there was some type of contact. Let me ask you this: Does the basket go? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's behind the backboard, isn't it? That's what I was looking for, and I didn't see it go in. I couldn't actually see the ball for a little bit. So I'd probably Can you play that one I'd... one more time, Chip. It goes up and yeah. over. Yep. Yeah, I I feel like there's enough there that it altered her shot that I probably have something. Yeah, yeah. Because you because um, you wouldn't have thought that that's a really good point. Besides the contact and all those things, if you take into account that the shot went over the backboard, which we wouldn't expect that to normally happen, it's probably a blocking foul then, right? Yeah. Okay. Good takeaway. All right, number three. And there's going to be a blocking foul. Didn't really have the feet set, and that's going to send. And there's going to be a blocking foul. Didn't really have. I feel like let's she's falling that. before contact. Yeah, let's see that one fast, Chris. And there's going to be a blocking foul. Didn't really have. Tough um, again because we're not on the floor, and we heard obviously from the radio folks there what actually happened. Um, they did call block there, but the the defender was legal. 
I think she definitely leaned back, which makes her not legal then at that point, right? She had two feet on the floor facing her opponent until she anticipated it. So, mm-hmm. okay. Jim, anything on that? Yeah, yeah, I I don't know. I look at it. I, I think she had legal guarding position. I, I She may have leaned a little bit. You can, you know, um, what do you want to say? Protect yourself to take the blow. Yeah. Whether or not how early you are doing it, or that, or how egregious it is, but I, I look at that as maybe a, I, I kind of look at a player control. But again, those are some things we talk about. Some of these plays are 50 fifties. You know, well, you're going to get ten people to look at it, and five people are going to see it one way, and five are going to see it the other on some that are that that close. Yeah, and I'll say this too on that play: lead makes the call which it might be hard for Lee to see her falling already because of his angle. Agreed. But see, see, yeah. you might be able to look through and see that she's, yeah. you know, leaning back already. So <clears throat> it kind of depends on what position you're in too. Agreed. Right. Yep. Right. So those are all really good points about um, all of the things that we have to think about in a split second. Um, it's hard. And, and yeah. we've been doing this a long time. And even, <clears throat> Jim, your point was fantastic. We've been refing together a while. We've been all refing a while. And we still maybe just watching this have different viewpoints on it. So you can imagine how hard this is in real time to get right. So Yeah, agree. Just, wa- just watching these videos, it, like, really puts it in perspective. Like, because each one of these, we're all like, ooh. You know, <laughs> and, like, we're supposed to make a decision like that. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay, number four. Let's be on door number four. Down low, Clark. And they're going to call a charge. Shot is waved off. Pass inside. Down low, Clark. And they're going to call a charge. Shot is waved off. I like Pass it. In- yeah. Yeah. So, so Sam and I, I was there um, watching this game. And Sam was watching it, I think, on live stream, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this, um, a lot of what I heard in the crowd was, well, she was under the basket. So let's watch that again. One more time. And they're going to call a charge shot is waved up. pass inside down low Clark. And they're going to call it. Ch- There's yep. no art, but I feel like she might've been outside of it if there was, but yeah, or at least right on it. When you take a look even, at that, and you wouldn't even matter because she's not a secondary defender, right? Not an art. You take, um, take a look at that again. I mean, I think you take a look at when she starts to go up. Does she have two feet on the floor? She's going up now. Does she have two feet there? I sure think so. Okay. Are you asking because you can't see Jim because you're old or? <laughs> well, when I when I see it in real time, it almost looks like maybe she's not quite there yet. But but then you slow it down. It looks like maybe she did get both feet there before the girl went up. Because it is definitely, you know, we got to remember, too, it's when she starts her shooting motion. So when she jumps off that pivot foot and going towards the basket, she's got to be there by then. So. Yeah. Yeah, I that's that that one in, again in real time. I think you could have said to somebody either way if you're watching it in real time. But you slow mm-hmm. it down. We don't have the opportunity to slow it down like that in a game. 
and Agreed. slowed it down. It looked like when she did start to go up off her pivot foot, she did have two feet there. So, yeah. Yeah, and 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 when I was speaking kind of about under the basket, that's not yeah. even really a thing, but that's what I heard in the crowd yeah. was they didn't like it because it was under the basket. Well, it doesn't matter. We we could have a charge on the side, you know, coming coming down the the baseline there on a drive and it doesn't matter so yeah, we don't um, we don't have the we don't have the arc in high school basketball right right okay uh last one number five to drive in on this side and they're gonna call a charge they look to drive in on this side and they're gonna call a charge yeah there's no space to move there <laughs> He kind of got himself into trouble with three defenders there. And if you mm-hmm. if you didn't have a charge because he went in out of control into the defender, you probably have a travel. Right. Yes. One of those two things. So Yeah, agreed. Okay. Well that was that was interesting, you know, to talk about some plays that we haven't necessarily watched together just to get each other's viewpoints and kind of show how hard these things can be. Yeah. Um, you know, with players out there and different things go on. So, yeah, we definitely yeah. didn't rehearse that. That was um, all those clips no. to me were, were new. And so, you know, that's, that's the way it is. So people are going to have different opinions on that and block charges. It can be one, can be one of the hardest things to call. And, you know, you're going to look at it and we may go in the locker room and two of us might have thought it was a block and one thought it was a charge. And, you know, we don't sit and argue about it. We just talk about what we saw and what we thought. And and that's what it is. You just it it is what it is. Sometimes you're going to get it exactly right. And sometimes, you know, you may not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and we touched on a couple of things there worth noting the arc. And there is a different uh, college rule this year about um the takeoff when when you have to be set before their i believe their foot that they go let's say for a layup their foot their last foot before you they take off you have to be set before that leaves the ground so that's a little bit of a different technicality too but we can get into those things another time when we talk about high school versus college maybe so yeah cool well, hey, let's take a break uh, here from our sponsor and uh, sponsors. We'll be back. Half time. Why take the best corn in the world and make it into fuel when you could make it into whiskey? That's the question that launched Revelton, Iowa's most visible and fastest growing distillery. Owners Rob and Christy Taylor embrace the grain to glass philosophy, sourcing ingredients locally and overseeing on-premises production and bottling at their facility in Osceola. One sip, and you'll agree that Revelton's handcrafted whiskeys, gins, and vodkas are the best you've ever tasted. And with the launch of their rye whiskey, made with 100% Iowa-grown rye and corn, and their new bourbon coming soon, there's more Revelton to love than ever. Iowa's own Revelton Distillery. ReveltonDistillery.com The great thing about working from home is working from home. The worst thing is working from home, especially for face-to-face collaborations with customers and coworkers. And let's face it, coffee shop meetings are neither private nor professional. So skip the trip to Starbs and investigate Gravitate co-working space. For more than 10 years, Gravitate has provided large and small office and conference spaces 
perfect for hosting meetings, workshops, or other events, as well as private phone booths for confidential conversations. Plus, all spaces include secure fiber internet, free coffee, and access to a kitchenette. All you need is your laptop. Gravitate does the rest. And renting space at Gravitate is surprisingly affordable. An hour of office space costs about the same as venti caramel macchiatos and breakfast sandwiches for two. Daily and monthly rates are also available with no long-term commitment. Learn more at GravitateCoworking.com. That's GravitateCoworking.com. Oh, Jim's face scared me. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> it's just not right. Good halftime there. Hey, Ben, do you want to uh, introduce our guest? Absolutely. So I'm happy to um, have on the podcast tonight uh, a friend, a coach um, from Earlham. We graduated together. Uh, Kevin Williams. Down and down. <laughs> Kevin, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, thanks. Hey, Kevin. Good. Hey. Hi, Kevin. So Kevin and I go bay way back. Um I was a freshman when he was a senior. He was a great basketball player. I was an average basketball player. Um, Makes sense. So I think I was. I think I was maybe manager when you were a senior, and it was fun. Fun as heck to watch. Um, and then you went off to Iowa State. You should have played at Iowa State. I shouldn't have played at Iowa State. <laughs> <laughs> How many rec games did you kick ass there, though? Let's be honest. We we did all right in the rec league. <laughs> we're all right. Um, so when did you start coaching at Earlham? Uh, so I started uh, junior high 28 years ago. Um, so this is 19th as the varsity coach. And I, I had three or four years junior high. And then I was an assistant to uh, Aaron Mager, who went on to Adel. And when he left for Adel, you, you actually coached with us too, Ben. That was kind of the yeah. dream team. Uh, yeah, that's a good time. Yeah. Uh, but when he went to Adele, then I took over the, the head job. So clearly that's when I got kicked out of the club. Um, I actually so thought they, I had some say in who they would hire and I, I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing the whole application process and all that, but, uh, for whatever reason didn't work, but yeah, so 19 years coaching for you, this is my 19th year officiating. So we, um, Wade Anderson and asked, asked me right after we, I wasn't coaching anymore. So that's kind of when I got into this side of things too, but, um, how's your season going? Uh, we're doing all right. Um, we had a lot of guys back. We're eight and right now. Um, which I think surprised a lot of people, uh, but the guys are playing really well and they, they buy in, uh, we kind of do the defensive thing and then hope we can score more points than, than you do. Yeah. Yep. For sure. It's always fun to watch you guys, for sure. You're definitely playing uh, great defense and running and scoring, and um, it's scoring good stuff. So as, scoring's not as easy as as you think. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that coaching plan though. Like score more points what? than the other team. That's I mean, it's, it's solid, really. It's, it's solid. <laughs> it's working this year anyway. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So. I'm going to jump right in here. And, and I was thinking about this too, Kevin, feel free to ask us some questions that you might not normally get to ask officials. Um, so this is our first 
you're our first coach on the podcast. So I think this, we, we want to have a good conversation back and forth here a little bit, but mm-hmm. so you've, you've played the game, you've coached the game for a long time. Your son has played, you know, at the collegiate level. What, let's just jump right in. What drives you crazy about official? Um, I saw the same thing you did coach, but it's not my call. <laughs> it used to be that's not my zone, but now they've kind of they've morphed into yeah, I saw it too, but that's not my call. Okay. Wow. I mean right. that's that's fair. And I think you've shared that with me in the past. Um from an officiating standpoint, I'm just trying to, to decide how we react to that. We certainly have different areas that we watch, right? Trail, center, lead. And I don't like to go outside of my zone. But if we have something egregious where it's in front of Jim, probably, and he just misses it. He can't see. He can't see it. I'm going to go get it, even like we talked about earlier with a patient whistle. I'm going to go get it late. And then everybody else on the other side of the court is going to be yelling at me because I got it so late. But ultimately, we want to get the call right, I think. Mm -hmm. So... I totally get where you're coming from. And, and I think that takes time for officials to learn that it's okay to be late rather than not have anything at all. Well, and I get not stepping on each other's toes too. Yeah. Well, and I yeah. think that, I think when you say though, that's not my zone or that's not my area, I think you kind of throw somebody else under the bus too. I think the, probably the easier way to say that is coach. I didn't have a look at it. And, okay. You know, the, the honesty thing goes a long way, right? I mean, yeah. You yeah. tell us you're going to miss calls. We're going to, I make all kinds of mistakes. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all officials are different too. Just like all coaches are different. There are officials out there that will be pissed off if you are fishing in their pond. Yeah. So you got to manage yeah. that a little bit too, but yeah. ultimately and in the end of the day, we should be most concerned with getting it right. And, you know, regardless where it's at on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, Anyway, what else, Kevin? I mean, there's right. got to be more than that. That's the only thing that I ever know. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of an official that'll come over. And if I, I've got an assistant, you know, you know, John, and John's been coaching for 20 plus years too. And if he goes to ask a question, I'm not a fan of the I don't talk to assistants, um, even if it's a timeout or anything. And I know there's rules with that. I know assistants can't chirp. Um, we do a pretty good job of keeping those guys quiet on our bench, but. Um, I think there's times I, you know, I don't talk to assistants. I think that bothers me a lot too. What's your guys' take on that? I mean, e- even if he's going out just to ask a simple question during a timeout, not showing anybody up. I don't have a problem with it on a timeout. Definitely. I mean, I know cause you're doing your job uh, of trying to coach the the kids on what you want, you know, what you want to get back out on the court and, you know, but we're also probably, cause we're kind of taught this way to be brief and, you know, and give them an answer and go back. I, I, during live ball play, I don't like it because I want to know who I'm listening to on that side. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't want right. questions from you, from an assistant. And then, you know, but I think during a timeout, I mean, we've, we've had it happen more than once this year, come out and ask about something, give them an answer. They go back to the huddle. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if they're not coming to, you know, complain about something, you know, call or something, because a lot of times an assistant will be like, Hey, where's the ball going to be inbounded at at the on the sideline yeah. or underneath? Yeah, 
just, I mean, and you're, and someone's going to say, Oh, and I've talked to assistants. Have your head coach talk, ask me, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it can be actually a really good, useful tool for everybody because Kevin, you're getting in the huddle and able to, like you said, coach your, for that 60 seconds or 30 seconds, coach your team for the next thing while also getting information from, you know, John or the assistant or whoever that you need, but maybe don't have time for, especially again, going back to what Jim said during when we're, we're in a live ball situation. So I think that's healthy. You know, if we can have those type of communications, as long as we're not bitching. Right. So, yeah, yep. I, I think that's hard sometimes too, because, officials will have radar hearing sometimes and they hear every little thing that's coming off the bench. And sometimes that's assistance doing that. So that I get that that stinks a little bit, but um, that stinks for us too. I don't, I don't like that either. Cause I mean, that reflects on me too. So yeah, um, like I said, we don't, I don't have that problem though with the guys that I got on the bench. So. Okay. Good. Um, how can we communicate better with you or any of your staff? Um, I don't know. I just, I like to be able to talk, ask questions, um, have the communication start right away. Um, humor never hurts. I mean, there's, it, it's, it's a game in the end and you're dealing with, with 15 to 18 year old kids that, um, mm -hmm. some of them can't control their body. Some of them, you know, th there's things that happen during the night that are funny and, you know, just communicate those things or try to, uh, you know, sometimes you got to make light of things too, and maybe get a coach off the edge a little or off the ledge, you know, that, uh, you guys can tell when we're upset and, and we don't like, I told you when I was talking to you earlier, you know, I I've mellowed a lot in the last 20 years of doing this. Um, I've, I've learned it doesn't really change your mind, huh? Yeah. I yell at you. That's a really good point because even when I was coaching with you guys, I was an asshole. <laughs> And yeah. what was <laughs> what I mean, because when I coached, and you, you when, when you were too, when you when you ref my games that I coached, I was perfect, right? <laughs> when you started a asshole, that's <laughs> why so I got out of coaching, I couldn't do it, <laughs> but you can officiate. Um, oh. <laughs> Um, sorry, Jim. No, you're not. I, I, yeah, I, to, to your point, Kevin, I think that's fair. We're all human, and while we try to do everything correctly, human nature takes over at some point. So, if you're writing us and pissed off at us, that next 50 50 call might go against you. Right. That's just the way human nature is. So, mm -hmm. yeah, the more we commu com can communicate without being angry at each other um i think the better and i'll give a shout out to casey pelzer here he said this um, a couple weekends ago to us he's like i've learned to not ref angry and i really took that to heart because sometimes i let the game get to me or a coach get to me or a player get to me you know and i think scotty would call that my fun meter was pegged yes um <laughs> but if i you know i'm trying to keep that in my head like that that's a really good thing don't ref angry Mm -hmm. We're all we're all trying to get through a game together, basically. Well, and we're we're, we're sorry. Go ahead. No, go no, go ahead, Kevin. I was gonna say we're the same way. I mean, there's we're human too, and we see certain crews come on the floor that maybe you've had a bad experience with, and right from the start, you're like, these guys are gonna, it's gonna be a long night. 
and yep. mm-hmm. you can't control that. I mean, it, you you get who you get. Um, kids have to adjust. Coaches have to adjust. Yeah. yeah, and I like what you said too, Kevin. Was you know communication early and the humor part. Like I, I have no problem talking to coaches, joking around with coaches. Um, so I kind of try to start that communication early, and um, I don't know, maybe you just need an icebreaker, kind of like the one that Jim picked up his wife with. How much does a polar bear weigh? What? I don't know enough to break the ice. Hi, I'm Jim. <laughs> You're an idiot. (laughs) I got a couple things here. So, Kevin, I've coached a long time, two different sports. And I think one one thing that some officials don't understand that, you know, you put a lot of time and effort and work into coaching these kids. And you're going to be a little bit intense at different times. And you're going to understand that the, you know, competition is going to sometimes get to you a little bit. And, you know, I think it's our job first to talk you off the ledge, right. you know, to just come over and say, you know, what, whatever it may be. Like we had one, uh, I think it was at Mount Air and a coach was, there was a little bit of contact at half court. It really wasn't any illegal contact. His kid lost the ball, went down. I called a foul on his kid on the layup, the contact. And he said, you know, he's he's going, there was contact there, contact here. Why are you calling that? And I just went, coach, do you have a question for me? And he finally went, I guess, yeah, I probably overstepped my bounds. So can you tell me why that contact there? And, and you know, then I answered his question. He was fine. But I think there are lots, I don't want to say lots, there are a few officials that might just – turn around and, and not be happy about it. Maybe even tee somebody up for something like that. Right. And, and I don't think, you know, they've got to understand that it is very competitive. And we, you know, as a coach, you put lots of hours into it and you want to, you know, you want to make sure it's, it's fair and competitive and, and, and that. So I, I think that, you know, officials need to understand that better. Right. Uh, overall. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and we talked about, you know, I, I've said this for years to my kids. I've, after we have our little pregame huddle and that, you know, and talk about, hey, what we need to do, and then put our hands in and say, above all, have fun. And this has got to be fun for everybody. It's got to right. be fun for players, for coaches, for officials, for fans. It's got to be fun, and and we got to try to make it that way. Sure. Mm-hmm. We had a – I kind of had a situation like that last night where the coach actually had fun with me. We had a, a weird shot clock situation, like – was there a possession? Was there not? Was there an over and back? Was there a foul? We had a whole whole bunch of things going on. We figure it out. I go to the coach, say something about, I'm like, listen, we reset it for the other team because of X, Y, Z. I said, she's like, oh, well, that's because I told them to, to reset the shot clock. She was joking with me like, okay, <laughs> doesn't matter. Let's move on, right? So that, that communication can go both ways, you know, have a little bit of fun with the game. I mean, it's not, it doesn't all have to be serious. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I had a coach tell me one time this year, he says, don't, said, didn't you think that was a travel inside there? He says, I know that's your partners, but I won't tell him if you tell me it was a travel, you know, that, that, those, that I have zero problem with someone talking to me like that. You know? I like to yeah. start games volunteering my perspective and telling them I'll be there all night if they need help. <laughs> Because sometimes you might. 
I think I remember I I remember you saying that one time when I had you. We had you at Lennox, I think, because we were made fun of Ben. (laughs) Easy to do. Easy to do. (laughs) Um, Do you guys find it uh, difficult? Like, how different is it roughing a girls' game than a boys? Because we'll watch the girls' game and then we get to ours, and it feels like it's it's totally being called different than than uh, the game before. That's a, that's a, that's a good question because I, I, I think sometimes I think sometimes it's it's I think it's a different I, I, not at all levels but I think at some levels it's a different game of basketball. You know, we can have two girls go up for a rebound and have contact, and somebody's probably going to be on the floor. You're going to have two guys go up for a rebound. You're going to have a little contact, and the person who gets the ball gets the ball, and we're going to go on. You know, I mean, the right person got the ball if there's contact. You know, but yeah, I I think that sometimes it's I, I don't know I don't know if we call it different or I would say sometimes it's a, just a different game than what the boys are boys are playing that night. Not always because there's some really good girls teams out there. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's differences between the game, as Jim said, but also you could even say one a boys to four a boys or one a girls to five a girls. Um. The games are different, and and we do, you know, I don't know that all officials do this, but we kind of do all levels, and there's a little bit of an art there on adjusting to those different levels. Sure, rule book's all the same. I understand that. But I would say in the lower levels, you have maybe less athletes. You may have one ball handler and one shooter. In a, in, a, in a higher game, you might have everybody can dribble. We might be 10 deep with dribbler shooters. And I think our crew tends to think of let's protect our dribbler and shooter at the lower levels, maybe more so than we do at the higher levels. Um, that's my opinion. I, guys, agree, I disagree? Totally agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I agree. And one thing that we do as a crew also is if we have a girl boy doubleheader after the girls game, <clears throat> when we're in the locker room getting ready to go out for the boys game, we we just talk to each other and say, all right, let's reset. That game's over. This is a brand new game. And we just try to clear our heads and, um, you know, let the game come to us. Yeah, so, restart. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You don't ever big time people though, right? Though one A when you, you get there and say this is below you because I we've had that too. Wow, really? Oh, Ben, I think Ben probably knows what I'm talking about on this one. But. I, I do, and I. It makes me sad. It makes me angry, but it makes me sad too because as officials, we should all again worry about the game, regardless of whether where we're at. Um. I'm it, like it just, blown away. It just, like, yeah. Yeah. It just starts the whole night off wrong. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, cause I've ref for like 27 years. Um, I remember, you know, get, get you getting your start and you get your start in a lot of the smaller schools. Um, I used to do a couple games a year, every year in Lineville, Clio, smallest gym probably in the country. And, um, I had after you know ten years, I had somebody else ask me, "Why do you still do games down at Lineville Clio?" Um, two things: they gave me a start, and they deserve good officials too. Right. So that's why I continue to go to those. So I I don't I don't think any of the three of us ever think we're above what we're doing. Right. 
And we're no. definitely not going to let you know that. Or, well, and I'm not. Yeah, it's not you guys, obviously, but it's. Definitely oh, yeah. Happening. But, definitely but you know, good, good example. You saw us at Linux last year. Um, you know, I was at Johnston this weekend, right? Like. It's just a game. Um, and, and I think even as you're coming up as an official, your goal is like, oh, I want to do the CIML. I want to do the Metro. Well, there's pros and cons, I think, to all those different levels. And until you kind of do them and, and understand those differences, it, it eventually I think you get to the point in your career where you're like, oh, I, I want to go where people want to see me. Right. And to Jim's point, where we came up, maybe it's Southwest Iowa, smaller schools or whatever, that we feel appreciated a lot of times when we go to those places. So there shouldn't be any reason to be like that. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really like what we do as a crew and we see a lot of levels of basketball because there's great teams at every single level. It doesn't matter if it's one, a or four, a five, a, whatever. Um, right. There's good basketball everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. everybody, everybody, whatever level deserves good officials. Well, so yeah. and let's be honest for the most part, when we go to some of the one, a and two, a schools, we are treated um, way better by, you know, athletic directors and, you know, just people who bring us food and that afterwards. And, and be honest, the food is not a huge deal, but boy, it's, it, it's nice. And we've went to some foray schools where we've had to beg to get a bottle of water at halftime or in between mm -hmm. games. So yeah. we would go anywhere. And I think one thing we're not even talking about is crowds too. I, I would take a one, a two, a crowd almost any day because you're going to have mom, dad, grandma, everybody, like the whole town's there, right? It's a community event. Yeah. And a lot of times when we point. go to a Metro game, you're going to have parents. And so you might have a gym that holds a thousand people, but you might have hundred there. Right. Well, yeah. I, I mean, what's the best um, postseason regional or final or sub-state game to do? Boys sub-state. And, and girls and regional final what level um i mean as far as crowd yeah 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 one a two a yeah one a two a i mean it, yeah. it, everybody from the town is there i mean everybody is there and i mean it's their one shot make it to the, the big time and you know it's it's much more difficult one a or two a school to get to the big dance and so i mean it's it's just it's packed full of excitement we were down at uh glenwood uh, last year for a substate boys, Sam and I and, and Scotty yeah. and uh, oh, who was playing? Was it Bedford and uh, Bedford and uh, oh, I can't I can't remember the other team. I can't either. But at least Mills. No, it was somebody up a little bit north of the interstate. Um, I, I can't remember anyway, but there was times where we couldn't hear a whistle. Yeah, I mean, it was it was that loud. So, yeah, I mean, we don't care the level. Right. Nope. Kevin, do you ever get technical fouls? Um, it's been a while, but yeah. <laughs> What's a while? Uh, four it's games ago? It's been pre-COVID. No, it wasn't. Oh, wow. It was last year. Never mind. Oh, there was last one year? Last. Oh, there was one last year. So one or less a year? Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Probably less. Did you... Did you earn it? Um, probably not as much as I earned some I didn't get. If that makes sense, like, yep. 
No, I don't know. That one was that one was pretty pretty calm. I got one a couple years ago. An official asked me what I said, and so I told him because I didn't think he understood, and then he teed me up. Really? Yeah. That's like baiting. That's like well, that is ba- That's like the definition of baiting right yes. there. I got. You don't want to know? Don't ask. I got a better one than that. Coaching softball. <laughs> we in the third base coaching box. We're ahead nine to one. There's a, a ball that's low. You've been calling low all night. I hadn't said a thing. Somebody from, well, actually, an athletic director from the other school says to me through the fence, "Man, he's wanting to get out her out of here early. That ball's kind of low." And I said, "Yeah, I don't think it's a strike either." He takes off his mask and he says, "What'd you say to me?" I said, "I didn't say anything." Or no, he said, "What'd you say?" I said. I think it was low. It wasn't a strike. You're out of here arguing balls and strikes. <laughs> I didn't argue anything. You asked me a question. I gave you the answer. So don't, don't yeah. ask if you don't want to know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I mean, if you're if you're going to ask me a question, I'm going to give you what you wanted me, what you wanted, and you know. Now, if you're screaming and yelling at me before that, before I ask you what something, then it's different. But I had one a few yeah. years ago where the official asked me what I said, and I said, "You you heard what I said." And he goes, don't say it again. And I said, I, I told you, you heard what I said. And he never gave me one. I mean, it was, but it, yeah, they bait you sometimes. You got, you guys are like that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you ever gotten one and then had an official ask you if you want another one? No, mm, I, I'm good. smart enough mm. to shut up most of the time. But that's the all time bait. Like I've heard officials do that. You want another one? Yeah. I, yeah. No. Okay, and you never do. Guy. Yeah, I mean, we tell our kids not to talk, and so we our kids do a pretty good job of doing that. So then, when I do it, it you know, we tell them if, if someone's going to argue, it's going to be me. Um, but we try to get them. That's another thing that I with officials, you know, they tell the kids not to talk, and then they just continually let them talk. And you know, like I said, we tell our kids not to, and then you see that, and it's just, that gets frustrating too. Well, we appreciate that you do that. Mm-hmm. We try. Yes, we try. Yes. Um. <laughs> I got a question on your on your first video. Yeah. Because that was our one of ours. It was a JV game. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And Ben and I went back and forth on this a little bit. Um, there had to be a call. There wasn't. When the kid's laying in the paint, even if you hadn't called it before, yeah, you got to stop that, right? Because he did get landed on. His face got stepped on. Oh, and oh, he actually just – today was his first practice back from oh, the concussion man. protocol and all that. So, um, what what's the, what's the call there? I mean – well. Advantage, no advantage. You got to stop it, right? Well, yeah, we we're going to stop. So we had a play, not similar, but not quite like that in a game um, that I was watching as an AD this year. Kid rolls his ankle. He's in the backcourt. Official standing in front of him. Um, it was Royer and Peterson were refing the game. He stands in front of him. They finish the basket. They blow the whistle, and our fans are just yelling like crazy that you know they got to stop, stop the game, stop the game. Well, you know. In that situation, he knew he wasn't seriously hurt. Right. You know, he rolled his ankle. In or that annoy. situation, we know someone can get seriously hurt, so we're blowing that right away. I don't care whether we got advantage, disadvantage. Like you say, you got a kid who has a concussion now and misses some games. I think you're blowing a whistle and you're stepping inside there to hopefully protect him from getting stepped on. Right. Okay. So that that video did did the offensive team get the rebound? Well, so. That's where Ben and I were talking because he at first when you watch it, you thought it was kind of a bang bang play. You watch it again and that ball gets kicked out. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It gets dribbled, fumbled, shot, okay. missed, shot. I mean, there's I, I counted seven seconds game time. Okay. So um, no so nobody but the thing I mean, we're not going the, the other direction. So no. you're not taking an advantage away from anybody. So I think right. you gotta stop it. Right. I think Definitely. I think you even stop that, and if you maybe have to take an advantage away, just for the fact that we don't need a kid to be seriously hurt there. I mean, you know, if you watch him go on the floor, if he's not automatically getting up and laying flat on his back, I think it's our job to protect him. I mean, right. I I don't know, maybe I'm, I, I mean, yeah, are we taking advantage away from the team if they were getting another rebound? I agree, but I think the um, safety protecting is yeah. that good, yeah. yeah. And I, sure. and I think that's a fair point because if it was the other way, the other coach would have wanted it that way too, right? I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. After watching it and re-watching it and talking through it, yeah, probably should have blown it dead right away. But yeah. mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah. Have you ever got a T to change momentum? It's more of a college thing, I think. But have you ever done that or wanted to do that? I I don't know about changing momentum. I've got a T because I've got assistants that sometimes say, go get one. I mean, and whether or not that's the right thing to do at the time, um, either change momentum or stop what's happening, you know, at least get a break yeah. in what's happening yep. or whatever. I mean, Honestly, you got to like- fight for your kids within yeah. a, deg- you know, a certain degree of it, but. Um, mm-hmm. There's also lines that can't be crossed, and I know that. So, I feel like I even remember that when we were coaching together, there was times where we were like, "Maker, you got to get one here." Right, and there's times we pulled him back too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You're harder to pull back. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> um, what else, guys? Anything? Boy, I think we've answered quite a few there. Got some Kevin, you got anything else for us? You know, I, I don't I don't think so. Uh, 59 fouls is a lot. The most uh, we've ever had <sighs> in the game is 63. Is what? 63. Oh. And that was, that was Grandview Christian years ago, and that was Mager, too, and he geez. chased the official off the court. I don't know if you were coaching with us or not. Wow. I remember we used to go to that tiny little box. That's gym. where it was at. Grandview Park Baptist? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, 63. Um, how old how old are you, Jim? Hey. Hey. I'm not 63. <laughs> I'm not 60 yet, even. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah I refed one of my roughest wow. games ever in that gym. It was uh Grandview Park Baptist versus Des Moines Christian. Oh. And it was oh, yeah. packed and it was nuts, and I was ready to be done. What a horrible war. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. You know where else was terrible? We need to have a podcast about this, but remember East Green's floor? Oh. Where you had the restraining lines and then it had like the the hallway down to the basement to the concession stand was like in the middle of the floor. Right. That was awful. (laughs) That was awful. Some of those small gyms were really, really bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, for sure. So. Well, Kevin, thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate kind of that insight and kind of talk, and hopefully both coaches and officials can take something from this. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you send me some films sometimes. Um, 
keep that up. You know, other coaches, if you have things you want us to look at and give our opinion, we'd be happy to um, send it to us. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you asking. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Kevin. We appreciate yeah. it. Good appreciate luck. it. Yeah. Good luck the rest of the season. Thank you, you too. Thanks. What a good well, dude, man. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. That was, um, you know, I kind of had a feeling it would go a lot of different ways, but I, I really enjoyed hearing both sides of that coin a little bit. It was oh, interesting to, to see what they have to say. And and we're going to have more coaches on. I think like officials, coaches are different and, and just getting different viewpoints. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, no, that was, that was great having them on. Yep. Um, so let's talk upcoming schedule. So, um, Christmas break obviously is coming up. So we're wrapping up the first half of the season, but not done yet. I think tomorrow night we've got four ranked teams, I believe, don't we? Yeah, tomorrow's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, get your running shoes on. I'm Dallas really looking Grimes, Dallas Center Grimes and Norwalk and one of the nicest gyms around. It'll, it'll be a great time. Um, all the coaches are great. Um, both all the teams are great. It's going to be, it's going to have playoff type. Yeah, it'll be exciting. That gym will be packed. Yeah. So if you're not doing anything, get out and watch that one. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Yes, definitely. Um, and then we're Christmas break for really like till January second. I've got a game that that the second at Urbandale with Tim and Bryant. But are you guys even working that night? I don't go back until the fifth. Uh, yeah, I haven't even really looked at mine yet, but I know I don't. Yep. Almost positive I don't have one that night. So we're we're pretty much done until next year. So next yes. podcast we'll have. Uh, I alluded to it a little bit, but I think we'll talk about a lot of unsporting things and take up some time with that type of stuff. Uh, just some stuff we've seen or feelings we have, or you know, things yep. along that line. For sure. Yeah, we don't we don't want to ruin the Christmas spirit. We'll talk no. about it afterwards. Maybe some New Year's resolutions. Well, well, I like I said, I, I kind of talked to you guys a little bit about what we, you know, we 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 were we were a little um, let's just say on edge last night, maybe afterwards. But all we would like to see this is this is kind of my what I'd like to see from people in the new year is for coaches to coach, players to play fans to have a good time and, and that's and cheer it cheer for their team yeah cheer for your Here team you because uh you know we, we've talked about this so many times and it keeps getting talked about and nobody's really listening we have a shortage of officials and we need to make this a much better experience for them no matter what and have fun that's what it's supposed to be about the high school game is supposed to be about having fun nobody's making money off of it have fun I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Kevin alluded to that a lot too, right? Like as coaches and officials, we can interact with humor and remembering it's a game and having fun. And so many people take everything so seriously. We're trying to do our best. Gosh, darn it. Like Mm -hmm. just let us rep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Everybody do their job and we'll all have fun and it's going to, it'll be a great, great experience for everybody. Absolutely. Well, hey, you guys, uh, you get your beauty sleep tonight. 
because we're going to be running tomorrow. It's going to be a good night. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, Can't wait. But until then, to all our viewers, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Enjoy the holidays with your families. Uh, same to you guys. And as always, thanks to Three Beards Media, Revelton, and Gravitate Coworking Studio. With that, we will keep running the hardwood and see you next year. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.